0: Okay, I'm just going to start with a prayer that is an old hymn. One of my favourites. Jesus, stand among us. In thy risen power. In this time of worship, let this time of worship be a hallowed hour. Breathe thy Holy Spirit into every heart. Bid the fears and sorrows from each soul depart. Thus, with quickened footsteps, we'll pursue our way, watching for the dawning of eternal day. Amen. Advent communion is one of my favorite um, celebrations of the church calendar. It's like a kiss from heaven that meets two, where two pivotal occasions meet the first coming of Christ and his death and resurrection and I love the hymns and the songs that we've just been singing that encapsulate that whole story and uh, bring it together in beautiful harmony I went to Laund Abbey recently and I went into the chapel there I don't know if you've ever been I went on a retreat I'd highly recommend it um, and I sat quietly in the chapel and there was the, the book of all the readings for the whole year And I thought I'd look up um, today's reading and um, remarkably found it at the front of the book, not the back, because Advent is the first part of the church calendar. Who knew? (laughs) I didn't. Um, And the reading for today um, is this. So the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. To bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. That just thrilled my heart because isn't that the reason why Jesus came to this earth? He spoke those words when he was in the synagogue at Capernaum at the outset of his ministry. This is his mandate, his mission statement, his reason for coming. And in the context of Christmas, this scripture is just beautiful. Because there are those for whom the 25th of December is not an easy day. Where the season of Christmas is a reminder of who's missing and what is lost. And we can't make that easy. That's what it is. But there is good news. In Luke 2, verse 10, it says But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a savior has been born. He is the Messiah. The question is, do we still need Christmas? Do you still need a saviour? We're going to look at communion and this beautiful tradition. We're going to hold it up to the light and just take a, a, a new look at this treasure. I want to look back into the New Testament and draw from that New Testament into this present moment. And also in doing that, we've got to look to the future as well and draw that truth into this present moment. Paul said, um, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. He is coming back. So we're going to look at Jesus at the Last Supper. And in Luke 22, verse 14, it says, When the hour came... Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. And Jesus had a longing that will be fulfilled that night. The Passover had been prepared. This was not a last minute thing, not slapdash, not something just cobbled together. It was something that was centuries old. It was the Passover which spoke of God's miraculous deliverance of Israel from being slaves in Egypt to being free to love and serve God. The Passover in which a lamb was sacrificed and its blood placed on the doorposts of the house so that death would pass over. The Passover, a festival that was so embedded in the history of Israel and celebrated by every family, a beautiful and ingrained tradition speaking of a miracle-working God who is faithful to his promises. The Passover, where Jesus himself became the Lamb of Sacrifice who lifted up the unleavened bread which was pierced and striped and lifted up the cup of redemption and proclaimed, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance with me. This is the new covenant of my blood which is shed for you. Jesus had waited millennial, millennium to proclaim the new covenant. The covenant that would see the law of God not written on stone, but on the very hearts of men and women. We recently had prayer ministry training and the chap on the video who was teaching, he encouraged the person who was praying to ask the one who was being prayed for to think about where Jesus is in a particular situation or at a particular moment. And in the video, a lady who was being prayed for said that she had a picture of Jesus running through an open door, delighted to be invited in. I've watched a video on the Jews for Jesus website, and I would suggest that you watch that if you're interested in, in things like that. It's about Christ in the Passover. And it was the tradition in the Passover meal to leave an empty seat for Elijah, the forerunner of the Messiah. And during the celebration, a child would go to the door and invite Elijah to come in. And can you imagine this Last Supper, the Passover that Jesus was celebrating? And they come to that part of the celebration. And Jesus goes, ta-da! It's me! (laughs) That's my interpretation. The ta-da bit. But can you imagine what it's like? On that night when Jesus said, it is me, it is fulfilled in me. All the promises of the Old Testament, that saviour that you need. And as I was preparing this and just running through it just last night, Um, I just had a sense that there's somebody here who doesn't need to keep looking. It's Jesus. You don't need to keep looking. It's him. He is here. And I've set a table here today to help us visualise. I I work like that. I like things that are visual. So to help us visualise Jesus today at this celebration. And we read in the Gospel of John... the the disciple whom Jesus loved, how he washed Jesus' feet. But I've I've put here two chairs. Jesus is our home. We are pilgrims in a foreign land. But we are embraced and lavished with love as we journey through. I like to put myself into uh, the New Testament when I'm reading it. I like to put, where would I fit, where would I be? Probably Peter most of the time, (laughs) putting his foot in things. Anyway, no, that's another beside. But as Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples, I can imagine it being a beautifully intimate encounter with each one, where he would have spoken words of encouragement. He wouldn't have rushed, but taken his time to speak to each individual. And as he wrapped the towel around his waist and knelt before each one, as he took off their sandals, because this is holy ground. And he takes the cool, refreshing water and washing off the dust of the earth. He reminds them that they are pilgrims, that they're not staying here. This is not their permanent home, but they're going to a far better place where there is no crying, no pain no fear, no shame. And maybe then, I just imagine him putting this hand of blessing upon them and just speaking a word of encouragement, giving them bread for the journey. Elijah was told in the Old Testament by the angel that this journey is too hard for you. And sometimes the journey is too hard but he feeds us, and he comes alongside us. Over recent weeks in staff meeting, we've been talking about the journey that we're on, and this week Mark opened up a passage in Luke where Jesus calmed the storm. We looked at how Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side of the lake. He told them where they were going. They got into the boat and Jesus fell asleep. But he was still with them. A fierce storm started up, threatening to drown them. And even when they're going to where Jesus said and doing what Jesus told them to do, they had difficulties. But because of the storm, they had a revelation and experience of Jesus that they could never have had without the storm. Can you relate to this? Number one, we know where we're going. Number two, Jesus might seem distant, but he is still here. Number three, you can be doing exactly what Jesus commanded and still have difficulties. Number four, there are things that we can only know about Jesus because of the storm. And sometimes we embark on a journey that we didn't choose. Like booking a flight to New York, but being given a ticket to Hong Kong. It's something that we didn't, hadn't chosen, hadn't anticipated. It's not wrong, it's just different. I didn't share this in the first service, but I'm going to share something now. Because of one of the songs that we sang afterwards, and I think Richard will understand at the end of that what it is. In 1999, I had a phone call on uh, the phone (laughs) um, about the prayer tree for for the prayer tree that I was on, and um, we were asked to pray for a baby um, who was being taken off life support machine, and for four months well, no, I decided something rose up within me and I was like has anybody prayed for her? has anybody been to see her and sat with her and prayed with her prayed with the family but nobody had so that four months I embarked on a journey um, that was incredible because I would go and see her once or twice or three times sometimes a day sometimes a week And this one particular day, it was a Friday, um, I'd just been to see her, but we needed to go shopping, so I couldn't stay around for long. And I spent that four months, and I would anoint her with oil, I'd sit holding her hand, I'd pray with her, I'd sing with her, I'd read the Bible to her. And I was utterly convinced. If it was faith you were needed, I had faith. That child would be utterly healed. There was nothing in my heart or mind that could say anything else I believed entirely that she would be healed this particular Friday we needed to go shopping so I had to get home a little bit early so I got into the uh, lift and I just said Lord whatever you're going to do please will you do it quickly and I had a phone call that night about half past seven did you know- Oh, there we go <laughs> hopefully it's not that phone call <laughs> I had a phone call that night about half past seven did you know that Morgan had died at ten past three I left there at three o'clock you might not ever want me to pray for you again (laughs) Um, her mum couldn't go to the morgue I'm not sure if we call it that or if that's an American thing that I've got but she couldn't go to the morgue so she asked me to go to the morgue I thought right lord this is it you raise the dead If faith you need, I had faith. We walked into there, didn't we? And I took hold of her hand and I prayed Talitha Kum, what Jesus prayed for that little girl. But she stayed there. I was like, Lord, what are you doing? What are you doing? I've got the faith for this. The friend who gave me the phone call that night to tell me that she died also gave me a scripture. Isaiah 38, 15. What shall I say? He has both spoken to me and he himself has done this. I shall walk carefully all my years in the bitterness of my soul. And sometimes, like Jacob, we walk with a limp after things that happened in our life. But two months ago, this was 1999, it wasn't until... October 2018 that God gave me some understanding of what had happened there and he said to me let your lion lie down with your lamb what do you mean Lord? I don't understand let your lion lie down with your lamb there is something in us that roars at situations at circumstances that are unfavourable it roars the promises of God And said, God, I believe you. I stand on this. I am with you in this. And then there's the lamb that says, Lord, let this cup pass from me. But if it doesn't, I will go with you and I will follow you. That lamb that bows and humbles itself to the sovereignty of God. Sometimes our journey doesn't take us where we think we're going. This is a season and a time of both joy and sorrow. And we can acknowledge that here today. As a Christian, you can wear a smile, but you can't wear a mask. (coughs) Jesus eagerly desires to eat with us today, to fellowship with us and meet with us. He wants to give us food for the journey So let us come, kneel at his feet, allow him to lavish his love on us, fill us afresh and see him in the fullness of his glory. Hebrews 9 verse 28 says, So also Christ has offered once for all time as a sacrifice to take away the sins of many people, he will come again. Not to deal with our sins, but to bring salvation to all who, eagerly, who are eagerly waiting for him. Come to the table today. Be refreshed, be fed, be filled. As the carol says, how silently, how silently, the wondrous gift is given. So God imparts to human hearts the blessings of his heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him still, the dear Christ enters in.
1: We're going to move into communion together. But as we do that, we're just going, we're going to, to worship together. Maybe there's something there in what Marion has shared that has spoken to you. Maybe you're the one that needs to hear that, that voice. I'm here. I'm here. Jesus is here. In your situation, in your circumstance, where you find yourself, he says, I'm here. And maybe just for a moment, you just need to hold on to that. You need to turn to that. And you need to say, Jesus, let me see you. Let me sense you. Let me know you. So as we come to communion, we will share communion together. And that's an opportunity just to receive, to be refreshed, to be renewed in the presence of God. But let's stand together as we sing together.